This episode of Standard Orbit is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for your tablet, smartphone, and desktop. Support the show and get a free audiobook of your choice by visiting audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. Follow Standard Orbit, Mr. Chekhov, and take us in. Hi, sir. Is the word of Landru. Joy to you, friends. Welcome to Standard Orbit, Trek FM's dedicated show about the original Star Trek series. This is a show where we dive into the characters, concepts, cliches, and other things that don't start with C about the original series. My name is Drew, or Landru. I'm the TOS editor for the network. With me today is my co-host Mike from Commentary Track Stars. Hey, how's it going? It's good. By the time our listeners hear this, we will have won or not won the Parsec Award. Yes, we will. Uh, that's exciting, right? Our listeners we'll be, know more than us at this point in time. While we're while while this thing is while you're listening to this, if you listen to this the day that it releases, we will be driving up the country back to the Midwest from Atlanta. Yes, and probably recording another podcast. Yeah, so exciting stuff. It is. Yeah, but we're not going to talk about that this week. That'll be next week. This week, we're going to be talking about good old Spock, but not, not just as a character. Today, we're going to be focusing on the times where he gets to take command. When, yeah. when Kirk isn't there, and he's the first officer, so he gets to be in command. We'll talk about how he, how he seems to handle it. Uh, we've talked about Galileo 7 like two or three times already, so we'll be kind of ignoring that one where he's in charge of the, uh, the shuttle, but, but it does kind of inform the rest of his command and how he has to try to balance his logic with actually caring about his crew and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, I mean, that, that is sort of like the big one from the original series, if you ask me. Right. It is. Yeah. yeah. But because, because like you're saying, it does inform how he, he commands, which is completely logical and devoid of, of emotion. And, uh, that sort of, represents Spock in a nutshell. And when you think about it, as with most things regarding Spock, that seems like it would be the best way to command. But maybe not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we picked uh, a few examples of of him in command. The first one we'll talk about is uh, Gamesters of Triskelion, where Kirk, Ahura, and Chekhov are about to beam down on a planet, and they disappear from the transporter pad. And Spock, of course, gets the, the great comeback to Scotty. Scotty's like, they were on the transporter pad, then they disappeared. And he's like, I assume you're talking about them disappearing in a way that the transporter normally doesn't work. <laughs> See, they say that Spock's not a funny guy. But that's this, really funny. This shows, you know, even more than his command ability, it shows that. Even in the most dire of situations, he still has a sense of humor. I like that. Yeah, that's great. Maybe maybe not, but I, I'm going to go with that. After Kirk disappears, Scotty seems like him and McCoy want to make the the new uh, new trinity. <laughs> Scotty's like, now is my chance. Now is my chance. I get to take it. the The problem is we've got this this balance of of the logic and the passion 
of of McCoy and Spock with Kirk's middle ground. The the problem is McCoy and Scotty are super passionate at all times. So so it's it's like in order to balance Spock's logic, do we need two passions? Well, that's is, the thing. is this is this some kind of deeper psychological thing we could Well, but that's that's the thing about this episode is like it doesn't work, right? I mean, right. He's he's like, dude, you know, because they're always like, you know, hey guys, you know, um, let's let's all gang up on Spock because obviously we know better than him. He's just, it's it's unfortunate that he's in command, and Spock, and you know, that's that happened on Galileo Seven too, right? And then mm-hmm. Spock's always like, dudes, look, I know what I'm doing, probably a lot better than you do because you know. <laughs> I'm not all like emotional and stuff. Right. Uh, McCoy and Scotty want to keep searching the planet that they were around, but Spock follows a lead far away. And logically, I mean, he, he pushes everybody back down because McCoy's like, why aren't we searching for where we found him? Well, they're obviously not there. And if they're there, then they're probably, we haven't found them, then they're dead. So we might as well follow this lead. It's very, logical and i'm not sure that it, it's strange the the human reasoning would be like well they're obviously around here but spock logically deduces that they're not and i think that maybe if scotty was in command kirk and Chekhov and uhura would have just been fighting on that planet forever <laughs> because McC- you know scotty would have just been like well they're gone it's like uh well, you know, Kevin Smith always talks about, you know, Wayne Gretzky and how his, his whole philosophy in playing was don't be where the the puck is, be where the puck's going, you know? Okay. And like that, that's, it's like, that, that's kind of what Spock is doing here in a sense. Not, it's not quite, you know, he doesn't work completely, but the, the philosophy behind it, I think, makes sense. You know, where it's like Spock is seeing a few steps ahead. You know, he's seeing, he's putting the pieces together and, and he's making the next leap, whereas uh, Scotty and, 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 and uh, Bones are just like, no, 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 here, here's where we are, you know, and, and it's just like, that doesn't make any sense, guys. Like, if you don't think about it any further than just the next step, then yes, but no, you know, let's broaden our horizons and use, you know, deductive reasoning and stuff to, to try to figure this out. I like that. I like showing, you know, the 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 faults in most humans, you know, and 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 their inability to think about things on sort of a a higher level, and and how uh, Spock might be superior in that regard. Mm-hmm. The the issue, of course, with Spock being in command is that he doesn't he doesn't placate any of the other members. He's not just like, well, that's all good and nice, but we're going to go over here now. He's just like, logic dictates we go over here. <laughs> you know, warp factor seven. And they're, everybody else is like, okay. He doesn't, doesn't really bother to explain himself or at least explain himself kindly. Yeah. And He's that's... like, Scotty, make the engines work better. Well, we're getting further away from the captain. No, we're not. Shut up. Make it work. And and that's the thing. Like when I was a kid, I would always think like, well, Spock's the smartest guy. He's the most logical. It seems like he would be the best captain. Why isn't he captain, really, instead of Kirk? Right. Mm-hmm. And 
when when you see things like this, you, you realize that the reason why the thing that he's missing, that component, is his ability to uh, work well with others. I guess you know, it, part of being a good captain, or you know, I mean, this could apply to the real world with being a good boss, is just being able to talk to your people and say and explain to them why you're doing certain things instead of just saying mm -hmm. like look no this is what i said to do do it because if someone's like why are we doing this and you're and you say because i said so but you're not explaining why and you're thinking you know five steps ahead and they don't get it then they're going to be like this guy's a jerk why would i even bother but if you say hey look guys look this is what i'm thinking this is what i'm doing then they'll say, oh, okay, that makes sense. Let's do that then. And that's the thing about Kirk, and that's what makes him a better captain, I think, you know, in addition to the whole, you know, balancing emotion with logic. I don't know. You know, that's that, that, that sounds good. That's the romantic view. But, you know, logically, I think going with pure logic seems to be usually the, the, the best uh, course of action. However, mm -hmm. you also do need to motivate and uh, get your people to work together as a tea, team, as a team. <laughs> I don't know why I said tea, but they could work together <laughs> as a tea too. You never know um, if they need to. Judgment day. If you if you if you convince them that they need to work together as a tea, then that's the sign of a good captain. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had something really good too. <laughs> With the tea. Oh, I remember. What well, what I think is interesting, uh, Captain Wise, Star Trek Axanar, the fan production seems to be taking uh well they are taking the idea that Spock is the first alien on a human crew and that Starfleet had, you know, like an Andorian constitution ship and a Vulcan constitution ship, which we do get, you know, there is that ship that's completely manned by Vulcans. So they took that to the extreme of, you know, there's there's Tellarite Enterprise, you know, a Tellarite constitution ship and, and all this kind of stuff. I'm wondering how well those other ships did. It might be interesting to get a fan production of the Vulcan ship, you know. What is it like having a constitution class ship on the same mission that Kirk's ship is, but completely driven by logic i mean do they even leave the solar system like well it's not really logical to go exploring we're just going to stay here <laughs> yeah that would be interesting to see i don't know but would you watch that <laughs> i don't know well, i mean I, a fan like a five minute fan production okay thing, all right yeah i remember back in the day like people were like the next star trek show should be all about klingons it should be on a klingon ship wouldn't that be cool no no it wouldn't be cool and and their 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 sort of a um, nice response whenever asked about it was like, well, that would be really expensive, you know. That's true. That's a lot of makeup, work. and and also dumb, <laughs> and totally dumb. You wouldn't have to pay much for lighting, though. That's true. That's true. Because it's always super dark on their ships. But yeah, we get a plenty of that between Next Generation Deep Space Nine of what it's like to be on Klingon ships. And you know what? It's We've seen it. Oh, yeah. they get into fights. It's oh, kind, they eat. Kind oh, of they eat disgusting thing. food. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, you'd get used to the disgusting, moving food, and it would just be like any other show, mm -hmm. but more like Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, it's disappointing in in gamesters that we don't get 
an afterward. We get, you know, Kirk leaves Lady Gaga on the planet, and it ends with her being sad. But we don't get a, a scene of of Kirk being like, so, how'd you guys find me? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we didn't fight. They didn't they didn't threaten mutiny on me. No, no, not so, not at all. Which is great because it's exactly how the next episode ends. Mm-hmm. I was disappointed watching Gamesters because I forgot that Tholian Webb in- ended like that. I was just like, no, we need to have a scene where Kirk's like, did you guys get along? Because I forgot that that's how Tholian Webb ends. So in Tholian Webb, we get kind of the same kind of thing, but uh, uh, they find a ship, uh, a derelict, another human Constitution class ship, and uh, it's phasing in and out of space time, and Kirk volunteers to stay behind. Which makes me wonder if, because this is the second time that Kirk's been on an away mission and has disappeared, and Spock has had to fight with everybody in order to keep command. I'm wondering if he's the guy who's responsible for Starfleet Code Section 12, Paragraph 4, which states that captains should not go on away teams? Maybe. That would make sense. I can't believe someone hasn't brought that up in one of the books or something like that. I... I they, actually they looked it up because I I could swear that 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 somebody in Next Generation mentioned that you know it was Captain Spock who came up with this idea, mm-hmm. but I, I really don't think that they did. Uh, at least not that I could find. Write in if if I'm missing something. But I, I looked it up. It's it's not like I have that Starfleet code memorized. I, I wrote it down. Sure, sure. <laughs> no, no, I wrote it down. See. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah. That paper that was there. You're not like, no, I just wrote it down. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm almost finished with some other notes that aren't related to. See, <laughs> I didn't know this off the top of my head. Now I know so, that you wouldn't know that off the top of your head because that's next gen stuff, right? Exactly. Okay. All right. I believe you. General Order Twenty Four. That's the only thing I know. <laughs> So Kirk is left behind on on the Defiant, but not not Worf's Defiant, the the original Defiant. Yeah. Which disappointed me when uh I was reading about, you know, they're gonna have a mirror universe episode of Enterprise, which I wasn't watching at the time, but I, I remember reading like the TV guide blurb that, you know, they find the Defiant. And I was like, they're gonna find a ship that's three hundred years in the future? With a cloaking device in the mirror universe, that's going to change everything. I, that's kind of surprising. I thought you would have instantly thought like, "Oh, TOS." Well, I mean, this was before I really oh, focused on you were TOS. Huge into TOS. Okay, all right. And I hadn't seen Deep Space Nine at the time either, so I was just like, "Did they lose the Defiant? Did it like disappear <laughs> into the?" I don't understand. Either way, Kirk's Kirk's on the ship that disappears and. Spock believes that the ship is going to reappear, and so he stands his ground, even though it's dangerous area, and it, it's driving the crew, starting with Chekhov, of course. Poor Chekhov. We should have brought that up <laughs> in that episode, too. Of course, Chekhov's the first one to go crazy and attack Spock and get nerve-binged. Poor guy. <laughs> but, uh... So Spock stands his ground against everybody's better judgment. And then the Tholians come, and they say leave. And Spock still stands his ground. And he feels like he's lost the Defiant. And he and the ship gets shot, and then they can't move. 
So McCoy's giving him crap about, you know, you could have moved the ship when you had a chance and taken your captaincy and not had to worry about this. And now Jim's gone and we're going to be gone because these Tholians are building a web around us. And basically everybody's in panic mode because Spock, it still feels emotional, but it is also slightly logical. Spock actually says that he was bound legally and morally to ascertain the captain's status. Where other people would be like, oh, well, I guess we lost him. Uh, uh. Spock, by even by a sense of duty and not even... I'm sure it was also driven by friendship, but he would never admit that. That he wanted to make sure the captain was gone. Like, I'm sure it was more he wanted to make sure that he could save the captain. Yeah, I mean, I think there there might have been... I don't know. That that to me seems like they wrote that code in this episode to sort of justify what he's doing or what they wanted him to do. But to me, I mean, going back to things like Galileo 7 and stuff like that, it seems like the logical thing to do would be wait around for as long as you can until it becomes dangerous and then get the hell out of there. Maybe he overestimated or something, mm -hmm. but it does seem, and I think it was, you know, the fact that he did get trapped that to me suggests that it was a misstep on Spock's part as a commander and that he should have left earlier because he was putting the lives of the entire crew in danger to save one man. And we know that Kirk wouldn't want that. You know? Yes. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Exactly. There you go. Maybe this is where Spock learned that. I mean, I'm sure it's Vulcan philosophy and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But uh, this may be where Spock took it to heart. Yeah. It's like, you know, I, it probably, I mean, sure, it all worked out in the end, and I was able to fly the ship through the rip in space in order to get out of the web before it collapsed. But, uh, yeah, he he got really lucky. Yeah, he got lucky. It wouldn't be much of a show if, you know, Kirk died and then the ship was destroyed. Yeah. I know it was the third season, but they had a lot of episodes left after that. Nobody was watching. They could have done it. <laughs> and then the next week everybody's fine you know kirk's yeah. in command and the ship's fine and nobody mentions it mm -hmm. oh whoa wasn't that weird that that alternate reality enterprise got destroyed sure why not <laughs> so in this in this episode kirk's final order which mccoy knows somehow i don't know where that comes up in conversation like you know oh if i ever disappear and you think I'm dead, you should let me read my will to you. Mm. Which is just going to be... So, they, they put in the recorder, and Kirk's like, so, I'm dead, and you're probably in, you know, dire straits, and you're fighting. You need to not fight. Stop fighting. You need to put aside your differences, and you need to be nice to Spock, McCoy, and don't make fun of him. It's like, he knew exactly in this... If Kirk dies... He, it's not like he had more than one, like, okay, in case of emergency, in, in case of, you know, I just fall off a rock, in case of, you know, me disappearing. It's not like he had different ones. He just had that one. He knew that if he died or was presumed dead, then the ship was in trouble. Like, yeah. it couldn't just be like, oh, my coffee was too hot and I spilled it and then I died somehow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a little weird. It's a little convenient, but if we go with it, I would say that it's quite possible that he decided to write this shortly after the events of Gamesters of Triskelion. Oh, you think so? Uh, 
Seems, sounds right. good enough, right? Next time I disappear on a away mission mm-hmm. and you think I'm still alive, play this message. <laughs> it's like a choose your own adventure, maybe. Yeah. Like like maybe maybe the video, the computer played the right one. Mm-hmm. Based on the situation. Makes sense. And Kirk I mean, has a have, bunch of contingency plans. Yeah, we have interactive, you know, programs like that now. Makes sense. Yeah. It's a video game version of Kirk. Yeah. They they picked the right dialogue tree to get him to say what they needed him to say. Mm-hmm. So, of course, Box pays off. They get the captain back. And, and Kirk asks, he's just like, so did my final order help? Huh? And they're like, <laughs> what? Do what? We didn't have time to watch that. I'm not... I don't fully understand why they lie to him about it. Uh, you know, I don't know. I think it's just kind of like one of those things where, like, when you're talking to kids and they're doing something stupid and you're like, hey, guys, you should really do this in- instead. I mean, come on. You you realize you're being stupid, right? And then they're like, no, nah, no. Nah, I mean, we were going to do that anyway. But, okay, I mean, okay. duh, of course we're going to do that, you know? I think it's kind of like that. <laughs> I could see that. They were... What's great is that they... Did they decide on this beforehand? Because Spock is lying, you know? That's something Vulcans don't do on a daily basis. But he just totally comes up with this perfect lie just right there. Oh, we didn't have time. No, we didn't watch it. (laughs) Now I'm imagining Spock and McCoy sitting there like before they go to the bridge, like if he asks about his last order thing... Just make up something. See, these are the things that Star Trek Continues should be doing. Like, Star Trek Continues shouldn't be, like, the four, season four. What it should be is all of the stuff that we didn't see in between. Or they should do, like like we were saying before, do, like, Star Trek Continues one-shots, you know? And yeah. Just with that, I mean, you got everyone there, you got the sets. Just stick Spock and, and Bones in a room and be like, hey, man, let's... If he asks, I'm not saying he's going to ask, but if he asks, let's just say, no, no, we didn't. Yeah, watch that. no, we didn't have time. Yeah, <laughs> I would watch that. Yeah, I would. I watch- want. I want every one shot to be Spock yelling at the crew after they make fun of him, and everybody laughs, and then the screen fades out. I just want every episode to continue to be the screen fades back in, and Spock just like flips them off or something. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. I'd watch that. You know what? I'm tired. It hurts me <laughs> when you make fun of me like this. And it's kind of racist. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. So Spock gets his own command eventually, kind of, some sometime after the events of motion picture where Decker was in command. Yeah. And then Decker becomes light and information or something ascends to a higher plane of whatever happens in motion picture. Uh, And Kirk gives command back up again. Then Spock is in command. Although if you look at the chronology, it sounds like they go on another five-year mission with Kirk in command, which doesn't make a lot of sense. No. But I think that's sort of what's officially considered to be what happened, although it's never been shown on screen, so you could make your own assumptions. There we go. That's what Star Trek Continues should be. It should be Kirk and them on a five-year mission where everybody's wearing 
the outfits from motion picture. Yeah, but they'd have to build the sets from the refit Enterprise and stuff. Mmm, refit Enterprise sets. I mean, it's Sorry. that would yeah. be awesome, but yeah. Someone and you'd should, get someone and we, should totally do they'd that. They'd have I mean, to build the Enterprise D. Uh, what's great is they could use it for next generation yeah. fan films too, because they could just redress it. You know, paint it silver and it's the motion picture sets. Paint it gold and it's the it's the next generation sets. I wonder. You know, I, I didn't even think about this, but you know, you got all these standing sets of the TOS bridge, you know, around the country and stuff like that. Now that uh, they're doing the next gen bridge restoration, I mean, we we could get a bunch of TNG era fan films now. I'm pretty sure that the new Starship bridge people have said that they would allow you to to shoot on their yeah. sets. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So maybe we will get some TNG fan films. Yeah. Jordy redeeming himself, that kind of stuff. Well, I don't think that Jordy could redeem himself, but he could try. But, <laughs> but would you really want to watch that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. So in Star Trek II, Spock's in command, and the Enterprise is now a training ship, and poor Spock is the uh, training captain. Which doesn't, I don't think, really counts, um, that, that counts. Because they're not supposed to do anything. They're not supposed to explore and stuff. They're supposed to go around, you know, follow Pluto for a bit and be like, why don't you guys practice scanning that planet for a bit, huh? Well, it's not a planet anymore. I mean, it wasn't a pla- it hasn't been a planet for 400 years. See, to me that counts. Because, I mean, like, uh, Starfleet is much more, I think, diverse in its missions than, say, like our military is, you know, and it's not really just about going out and exploring. It's about, you know, I mean, well, maybe it is just about going out and exploring, but, you know, just like that, you you, you do need people to, to train people to go do that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I would definitely say it counts, you know. He, he is the captain of the Enterprise. The Enterprise is just not an exploring sh- vessel anymore, you know. I mean, just like uh, Cisco is the captain of Deep Space Nine, but they don't go exploring. They just sit there. Okay. You know? <laughs> well, he's also captain of the Defiant. Well, not until season three. Well, the other Defiant. Not the Defiant we've already been talking about. Right. For those who haven't seen Deep Space Nine, they have a <laughs> ship called the Defiant, named yeah. after the Defiant. But it is not a A. Right. There's no A at the which end. Which bothers though, me. Which... They should have done that. Yeah, Lexington, all these ships, it doesn't make any sense that Enterprise is the only one with the same registry. Yeah, how did Ron Moore not fight for that one? That's crazy. I don't know. Because mm. they were going to call it the Valiant? Oh, uh, maybe. But then once they didn't. Yeah, mm. I don't know. Either way, not, that's neither here nor there, or <laughs> there, or anywhere. So Spock's in command for all of, what, the first 20 minutes of the of the movie? Yeah, probably. Probably about that. And then he he defers to Kirk, which Kirk is great because he's been feeling old, and there's nothing like a good captaincy to give you uh, give you your va va voom back. Yeah, and Spock does make the uh, needs of the many decision and and sacrifice himself for the betterment of the crew, which maybe means that he, I mean, it has been a few years. In Tholian Web, McCoy tells him, you should have known what could have happened and done everything in your power to safeguard your crew. That is the mark of a starship captain like Jim. I'm wondering if maybe that's the moment where Spock finally took that to heart. Yeah, it could be. And, and did what he 
what he knew he had to do to safeguard his crew to be a good starship captain. Yeah. It's also possible that, you know, in addition to that, what was going on was uh, Spock was like, I I hate being a captain. You know, I took this job because, you know, slightly better pay, whatever. (laughs) But I really don't like it. I just want to be a science officer. I just want to do that stuff. I hate having to constantly explain myself to these people who obviously don't understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, you know, when, when Kirk came and said, can I be captain? He's like, hell yes, you <laughs> can captain. And I'm just going to sit over here and work on science. Cause that's, I imagine you know, that the, the, he was treated a little bit better by the cadets. It's not like cadets are coming up to him and questioning his, his orders and training. I don't know. I mean, to me, I think cadets would be the worst of them all, right? I guess McCoy's still on the ship for some reason. Um, yeah, right? I mean, well, wait, was it McC- Okay, yeah, because McCoy was on the ship, and then the other ones came and, and to, to help out? No, wait, was McCoy? No, they, they were all on the ship, and Kirk was just there inspecting. So well, they're all training? No, well, I don't know, because, like, there's the thing in the in the little shuttlecraft, you know, where where they're saying like um I, I for one am glad to have you at the helm i don't think these kids can steer uh-huh. right so was it maybe they were just like we need a crew here just to take them out take to, them into deep space and then let them maybe maybe maybe, maybe it's it's kind of like a field trip right because they okay. all they are all back in the kobayashi maru mhm right it's like a it's like a special this is the best class and they get to meet the legends and hang out with them and get drove around by them for a bit and then you have to show off. Maybe maybe that's what it is. Although it does seem like they are all teachers now, right? Because they're all there in the Kobayashi Maru unless they're like just teaching this special class which is about uh, to go that out. may be it. Spock like pulled together his friends from everywhere to be like this is this advanced level class. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, then Spock dies, and he's not captain anymore. He's still captain rank, which threw yeah. me off for years, because I never really, you know, I only really watched Star Trek Four over and over and over again. <laughs> and there's a point where Kirk says, Captain Spock and I will go do this. And I'm like, is he referring to himself in the third person, and then <laughs> talking about Spock, and then referring to himself in the first person? Like captain, comma, Spock, comma, and I? Yeah. Oh. Which I think was actually on the uh, the book on record that I had, the little 45 you could play, and uh, it would read this book to you. I think that it actually had that line in it, and it didn't have commas, and it threw me off for years. I'm just like, I don't understand. <laughs> I think I asked my dad, and he said, well, Captain Spock, he's a captain at that point. I'm like, oh, I get it now. And that's why it bothers me, though. I mean, I like that he's still a captain because, you know, it's like, well, that's his rank. You know, just like Scotty is a captain, and that's fine. But then, like, in Best of Both Worlds, they promote Riker to captain. But then when Picard comes back, he's demoted back down to commander. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's that's annoying. That that doesn't... Well, if there's, if there's anything that I learned from Star Trek Online, it's that... You can be captain of a ship and not be a captain rank. Right. And, and that, that makes sense. And that's, you know, how the real Navy is and everything. But that doesn't seem to be what happened with Riker because 
he had the four pips. Oh. But I yeah. some someone said, well, it was a field commission, and those are different. I, I don't know I don't if that's. Know. I don't know enough about the military. Yeah. <laughs> well, about military ranking. Well, finally, in Star Trek VI, Spock takes command again. And of course, it's after Kirk gets kidnapped, mm-hmm. which seems to be the only times he's either off on his own, crash landed on a planet, or Kirk is kidnapped. And now Spock has to take command again. But in this one, I don't think anybody's questioning his orders, probably because McCoy was also kidnapped slash arrested. <laughs> yeah. He's like, finally. Oh. And Scotty really, Scotty's just like, okay, sure. Yeah, there's an assassin on board. All right, cool. We'll find him. <laughs> You know, I'll study these blueprints that I printed out. You know, we'll let Chekhov take command, you know, command of the search party and he'll, you know, point at the wrong people. There, There is that one scene where Scotty gets all uppity and he's like, what? I, like, I, I, I even forget what he's talking about. He's like, you didn't, you didn't see that, that, that Klingon, you know, thing. she didn't shed one bloody tear and, and everything. And, yes, yes. Well, we're going to be doing this. There's like one scene and. Spock's Scotty kind of, does complain about having to count the photon torpedoes by hand. There's that, yeah. And 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 Spock just kind of puts him in his place. You know. I I guess Scotty's just too tired to rebel. Without McCoy there to uh mm-hmm. to get him all riled up, he's just like, okay, fine. Yeah. But Spock gets to play Sherlock Holmes and and solves everybody's puzzle, and of course he, you know, puts a, a tracking badge on Kirk before Kirk before he even knows that Kirk is going to get in trouble and no one bothers to scan Kirk for listening devices or tracking devices and doesn't make him change out of his uniform where it was attached. And I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that part is a little, you know, you think that someone would be like, hey, what's this thing? But, uh, you know. What's this big, obvious black thing that you can see when you look for it? Yeah. But in terms of, you know, Spock being a, a good captain, yeah, maybe he's just learned, like, over all the years and all these things and, and that we've been pointing out and the mistakes that he's made and stuff, maybe he's just finally learned. Or or maybe maybe it's more straightforward in terms of what he should be doing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Well, lastly, we'll cover the uh, the alternate universe Spock who's in command of the Enterprise in Star Trek 09 for, you know, 15 minutes, maybe. Mm -hmm. I guess it's a bit longer than that. But uh, all he really does is, well, he doesn't fall into the trap, does he? Well, he he saves his his dad. Right. Right, he leaves. That's the first thing that he does, which is probably a mistake, is he leaves the ship in a crisis. But, you know, I guess you can forgive him for that in this particular instance. And then he... He he loses it emotionally and kicks his first officer off the ship for, you know, yelling at him, which I would love to see him do in later uh, movies, like when Kirk's on an away mission and he's in command, and I'd love to see him do that to <laughs> Bones, you know? But whatever, that's just his thing. Kirk's like... Don't make me shoot you Spock. out in an escape pod for some reason. Yeah. Kirk gets back to the ship and he's like, Spock, you need to stop doing this. <laughs> this is not okay i keep coming back and we have to turn around and we have to pick these people up it's just not a good way to do it maybe that's why they put Khan in the brig 
mm-hmm. is is because Kirk is there. I'm sure Spock's first reaction would be like, "Ha, prisoner! Let's shoot him onto a planet." No, no, no. That's not. It's not how this works. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, then you know, basically, he's he's so frazzled emotionally that he doesn't make good choices, mm-hmm. and that's why they need to do that whole thing where Kirk gets him to break and give command to him and yeah it's unfortunate but this is young Spock and he hasn't learned any of the lessons that that old Spock would have so we can't expect him to be even a mediocre captain I don't think and he of course was in charge of training again yeah because he made the Kobayashi Maru test right he's just a teacher he's not supposed to be in command none of these people should be in command oh (laughs) oh well well, it was fun talking about Spock being either a good or, or bad commander today, but that's just one of the Trek topics we've been talking about on Trek FM this week. Here's a quick look at what you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. We're on the same page. Yes. High five. This is creepy. Yeah. <laughs> we actually did it, we too. Actually you guys missed it. high five through the camera, so that was <laughs> embarrassing, but whatever. <laughs> Continuing mission. I feel like this, like that's a really great idea for a stoner movie. So maybe for the next project, I don't know. And the name of the film will be Giant Green Lazy Susan. There you go. Earl Grey. VHS Star Trek interactive oh, board game. I'm so glad you the brought humans this up. have taken over the Enterprise. You now have thirty minutes to stop me. <laughs> the Ready Room. He says, "I think your compassion." For this species is overriding your judgment. And Archer says, my compassion guides my judgment. Mm-hmm. And I really like that line because I felt like that really just kind of sums everything up. The orb. So imagine we didn't have Opaka. Imagine we had Kai Wynn from the very beginning. How do you think the setup of the series would have been? Axanar, the official podcast. So is the full-length Axonar going to be in the same style, the same documentary style as Prelude to Axonar? And the answer is no. No, absolutely not. Axonar itself will be a full-length movie, a feature movie, just like you would, you know, any other Star Trek movie or other movie. To the journey! Cable is definitely more suited toward a niche show like Star Trek is. Compared to broadcast, yes, I think it's... Yeah, absolutely. It's much more probable that we would see it on, say... Uh, AMC than we would on NBC. Commentary, Trek Stars. When Star Trek 2009 came out, I made a joke to somebody at some point that J.J. Abrams got all of his lens flares from Close Encounters Surplus. Yeah. But they just didn't use them all, and he just bought them at some sort of, maybe a garage sale or something. Warp 5. You know pretty well which way the insectoids and the reptilians are... Yeah are going to come down on any issue it's it's left up to the indecisive one instead of the the 12 angry men it's the six angry zindi melodic treks now as i mentioned he wrote and conducted the scores for two episodes of star trek enterprise in the second season they are kanama and regeneration and regeneration is one of the best episodes of star trek enterprise ever in my humble opinion literary treks we're trying to keep it light. We're trying to keep it personable. We're trying to keep it fun. 
if Vanguard, you know, was all about being the Battlestar Galactica reboot of, of Star Trek, this is more about trying to be the Eureka or the Warehouse 13. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows and get in on the daily Trek talk. You find them on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows Podcast Directory for Xbox and Zune, or you can stream from the website. Just visit Trek.fm slash podcast to get all the links. All right, we've got some feedback we'd like to read from Nick in Santa Monica. And he says, after the incident with Khan in 2285 and the Enterprise's return to space dock, do you think Kirk was going to be able to take her out again? Kirk had asked Scotty how long till we can take her out again. Remember, he'd already had one five-year mission and then an additional one after the V'ger incident. The Khan incident wasn't meant to happen, and Kirk was originally an observer for the cadets for two weeks. After the two weeks, Kirk would have been continuing his career as an instructor at the Academy. So upon entering Earth again, why would he assume Starfleet would let him take the ship out again? This is a good question. It actually ties into what we were talking about. Yeah. I have a feeling this is a case of um, someone writing a scene with sort of the mindset that everyone has of, you know, Kirk being the captain of the Enterprise and not sort of recalling everything that had happened before and how that would mean that he probably wouldn't be captaining the ship again. But since the scene was about, like, the Enterprise being ready, like, this is just sort of a case of um, misspeaking on yeah. on Kirk's part. Yeah, I can see that. It it does it does feel like Kirk is supposed to be captaining the Enterprise. Enterprise is supposed to be on a five year mission. We need to take her out again, but it's not his ship. I mean, even with Spock dead, he's not the captain. It's he's still an admiral of Starfleet, and he's not necessarily in charge of this one ship, which is why he has to steal it. And he steals it because he knows that he can trust it. And you know if he needed a garbage scow, he could have used it. Uh, I don't know. But but let's talk about the real issue here. Is the way that that we are able to tell what Nick is talking about, even though he doesn't use any movie names, and he just uses dates and events. Mm-hmm. That's cool, Nick. I challenge you to challenge <laughs> us to do that same thing, but with a random part of the original series. Oh, <laughs> because I'm guessing we'd be completely lost. But I want to see if we can put the pieces together. Like, I don't know. after the, the events, the Beta on Three event, Delta Vega, blah 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 blah, in twenty two sixty four, which is probably wrong. Nick probably right now. Is no, no, like, no. That's the cage. About? That's exactly the cage. No, because Delta Vega is where no man has gone before. <laughs> Dang it! See, right now Nick is like. <sighs> Why do I even listen to these people? <laughs> they don't know anything. I I did appreciate that when I first read the letter. I was just like, I know exactly what he's talking about. Oh my, I know exactly what he's talking about. Yeah, see, when I read the letter, I was in a Culver's in upstate Illinois, in Winnebago, Illinois. Sorry. Okay. And uh, I was with my wife and my sister, and I'm like, oh, look, someone gave me feedback from my podcast. And they're like, what does it say? And I read it, and they're like, what the frack is he talking about? And I'm like, I'll, it's, it's, I'll explain it later. That's okay. <laughs> I like the years. Yeah. What's what's great about the original series is that the years line up to usually around their production year. Yeah, but they don't for the movies. Right. For the movies, except for... Uh, One of them. Except for Star Trek Four, Six. 
No, four. Well, four lines oh, up. Oh, yeah, four lines up and, and then six lines. Yeah, because four is what they use as the basis for figuring out everything else. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, people try to figure out the star dates. At least he didn't use star dates. Yeah. Don't, that will not, that, that, will that, not that, <laughs> that would have been tricky, yes. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously, after the star date, you know, 4848222, you know. <laughs> That you, was you right after it. Landrew. Of course he would do that. You could do it with Next Generation. It would probably be easier for me than the than the the actual... Right, there's a pattern for that. Right. But with, with the original series, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's tell everybody where they can contact us if they'd like to uh, send us Stardate trivia. Uh, you can go to trek.fm slash contact. There's a form there. Choose to send a show and choose Standard Orbit. That'll come to both of us by email. You can also use the tab on the left-hand column of any page to send us a voicemail using your webcam's microphone. And you can talk to us and our other listeners at trek.fm slash forums. In social media, you'll find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm and on Twitter under username trek.fm. Mike, where can people find you out of orbit? You can find me right here on trek.fm doing uh, commentary Trek Stars with Max, and you can also find me on CommentaryTrackStars.com, doing Commentary Trackstars Off-Topic with Max and Brandon. And you can find me on Twitter at Mumbles3K. And that might be the Parsec Award-winning Commentary Trackstars, which uh, the listeners will know already, but we don't. Yeah, probably not, though. So, And you can find me on Twitter at 005, D-O-U-B-L-E-O-F-I-V-E, and you can find me on various other places around the internet. Before we go, we'd like to ask everyone to please support our sponsor, who helps us bring Standard Orbit to you each week, and our sponsor for the show is Audible.com. Audible's a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have time for. Audible's the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. Mike, what do you have for everyone? I have Star Trek, Spock vs. Q, which was <sighs> written by Leonard Nimoy and narrated by Leonard Nimoy and John Delancey. And they say, Ambassador Spock travels back in time to subtly warn Earth's inhabitants of impending doom, while calling into question humanity's priorities. Does this fit into the J.J. verse? Hmm. Anyway, however, before the truth is told, the all-powerful being Q appears and reminds Spock that he is prohibited from interfering in Earth's history. Besides, Q doesn't see mankind as something worth saving. And uh, you can get this book for free on Audible since uh, you listen to Trek FM. That's right. As a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice, along with a 30-day trial to see how great Audible is. So give it a try today, catch up on all those classic books you've yet to read, and that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Standard Orbit and Trek FM. And there's another way you can keep Standard Orbit in orbit, and that's by donating directly to the site. You can go to trek.fm slash donate, and you'll find eight original alien illustrations by Tobu Ushi. They're available as both badges and art prints, and there are different contribution levels for you to choose from. Just let us know which you would like and which format. Again, you'll find them at trek.fm slash donate, and your support helps us pay for the cost of production, hosting, and bandwidth that's needed to bring the show to you each week. Well, next week, hopefully, we'll have recorded a live 
well, not any more live than it is now, but we'll be in person with each other in in a post Parsec Awards. Maybe we'll meet some TOS actors. I don't know. We'll we'll report on on how well TOS is represented at, at Dragon Con. Yeah, maybe pre and post. Maybe it'll be like a two parter where like the pre will be on one show and the post will be on the other. Who knows? But as long as we end it with fire. I don't even know what that means. But that's TNG. That's that's next generation. Okay. Best of both worlds. Oh yes, yes, the first part. Right. Gotcha. gotcha. Right. Yeah, but yeah. then we'd have to end. I'll have to get the the closing of Earl Grey. Well, obviously uh, the to the, close end, that episode. the ending of the first one will be, and the award goes to, right? I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and then just like Best of Both Worlds, the sequel won't be nearly as good because we're going to end up losing. And then well, I'll just be us going like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have to do a video podcast, maybe. <laughs> of our faces going, oh. <laughs> well, everybody, thanks for listening. Have a good week and keep on trekking. It is the will of Lamb. Mr. Chekhov, take us out of orbit. Ahead, walk factor one. Hi, sir.